Hi there, good to be with you and speaking today. Uh, my name is Steve Young, I'm part of the leadership team here at King's and uh, our topic today is radical faith. I want us to consider together the Christian faith, whether you're someone who is looking in on faith and wondering if it's for you, whether you're someone who's come to believe Jesus recently, or whether you've been a Christian for many years, I hope there will be things for you to take away and apply into your lives from what we talk about today. I do want to suggest to you that the Christian faith is a radical faith, that anything less is missing all that God wants to offer you. One of the terms we often use for uh, becoming a Christian, which Jesus used, was to be born again. He was saying to those seeking to follow him, you are dead. You need to be born spiritually, alive to God. That's a radical concept. Before, uh, before that moment, there was no life in you, no spiritual life. Now you've come alive to God. Everything has changed. Remember how the call came radically to the disciples. It was, leave your nets, come follow me. Leave everything that's familiar, your security, your family, what you know, your means of earning a living. Come and be my disciples. And we're not all called to give up our walk of life in, in that way. But we are called to surrender all that we are at the feet of Jesus as we come to him. Jesus says it's like being transformed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light coming to know God as our Father. We have a different allegiance now. We're fundamentally changed from the core of our being. It's like pressing the reset button big time on your computer. I don't know if you've ever done that, but sometimes I've had that where, you know, you need to start again and uh, gives you all sorts of warnings. You know, if you press this button, if you do this procedure, you will never be able to see that data again. Everything is going to be different. And it seems to me it's like that sort of reset. Everything is wiped out. We start again now. This is a radical faith. And I want to be clear, really, that for those of you who are considering follow Jesus, that this is a costly thing. Laying down your previous ways of living, your old motivations, in order to pick up a completely new way of living with God at the centre of everything. And you know, the challenge for those of us who have been following Jesus for many years, there is the danger that we lose our radical edge. The concern about the Ephesians in Revelations 2 was that they'd lost their first love. Their passion had gone. And similarly for the Laodicean church in Revelation chapter 3, they'd become lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, no radical edge. Don't be like that. Don't be like that, Christian, in your walk with God. Don't let the cares and the worries of the world distract you from keeping Jesus at the centre of your life. So easy, isn't it, for it to become all about the kids, you know, their exam results. What are they going to do? They're good things to be concerned about and good things to apply yourself to. Beneath the surface, though, do we believe that God has our kids, that he wants to bless them, that he has plans and purposes for every day of their lives. Maybe for you it's not about kids, maybe it's all about the job 
the pension, my health, my pleasure. Again, not bad things in themselves. Beneath, but beneath all the planning and preparing, do we know that God is the one who will provide for us? Doesn't mean I stop going to work, stop saving or whatever. But I recognise that everything I have is given by God. He's the one who watches over me. He's the one who supplies my every need. Jesus said that finding faith in him was like finding a pearl of great price. The merchant who found it valued it so highly that he sold all that he had in order to acquire that pearl. That's Matthew 13, if you want to look it up. And that pearl is knowing Jesus, being in relationship with the Father, knowing our sins and our meds dealt with, knowing peace and joy. It's a pearl worth having. It's a pearl that's worth sacrificing everything that we have and everything we are to get hold of. But you know, God's promise that as we turn away from being preoccupied with all the worldly stuff, all those distractions, then God comes. He comes to us, not only to give us life for eternity, but to enrich our lives now. Matthew 16 says, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever turns away from his old way of life and follows me finds true life. But it doesn't happen if we're half-hearted about our faith, if we're lukewarm. And it was Hudson Taylor who, who said, if he's not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. It's a call to live in a radically different way. If you're someone coming from a different faith ground, accepting the call to be a Christian may mean being ostracised by your family, cut off. Maybe for you, there's a daily reminder of the cost. We know the Bible sets a high moral standard, so becoming a Christian, particularly if you're a single person, will mean that you don't have the same sexual freedom that you might have had previously. Particularly for the unmarried, the call is to live a moral, celibate life to God's standards. But then for the married person, those vows we made before God to be faithful as long as we will both live, God expects us to hold to them, not to walk away when the relationship gets difficult, when it's lost some of its initial sparkle. This is a call to a radical counter-cultural life. The Bible tells us about a rich person who came to Jesus. Jesus said to him that he had to sell all that he had. Again, we're not all to come, come into that sort of decision, but it comes about a completely different attitude to money and possessions, challenging the accepted norms of the world. I'm someone who's been a Christian for many years now, most of my life. I don't know how my life would have looked without Jesus in it but I do know that my motivations, my desires would have been very different. And I'm sure the shape of my life would have been different too. Let's look at the radical nature of faith in the way that Jesus presented it. 
his paraphrase of the Jesus law, Jew, Jewish law, sorry, and the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. With all of your heart, all of it? Is that some sort of exclusive thing? No, it can't be. We know that those of us who are married are called to love our spouses. We're called to love our brothers and sisters in the church. But that love we have for God is to be a wholehearted love. Our first love above all other loves. Indeed, we learn how to love others as we experience and learn from God's love for us. Even in relation to families, God says that our love for him must eclipse our love for our mothers and our fathers. This can be challenging in uh, the situations of life. When he was talking about our lives, about food and about clothing, Jesus said, don't worry about these things. How can this be when we're told to provide for our families, when we're told that Paul worked as a tent maker so he wasn't a burden to the churches he was serving? But the key is, don't worry about it. When we know that our Father in heaven is the one who put the stars in place, he's the all-powerful King of kings, he's the one who is in everything, well, then we know in the core of our being Actually, we don't need to worry. He's got our backs. He is for us. And indeed, the Bible gives us a better strategy. Matthew 6 tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness with the promise that as we do that, all these other worldly needs will be given to us. I've talked about that rich young guy who came to Jesus. Jesus said, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Money was his issue, I guess, his place perhaps where he got satisfaction, where his security lay. And Jesus could see that this was the obstruction to him going forward in his relationship with God. This was what God required for him. Again, we won't will be required to make sacrifices in that way. But Jesus was interested in this guy's heart. He could see that this is how he could challenge him about where his heart really was. Whether his religious actions were coming from a heart commitment, or whether he was just going through the motions. When we put all this together with all of Jesus' other teaching and commands, we can see a call to a radically different life. The Bible says about us as Christians that we're not of this world. We might be present on the earth, but we're citizens of heaven. It's where our loyalty and our obedience lie. We've got now an eternal perspective beyond merely the years of our life on earth. We're living for eternity. This changes our perspectives on everything, on suffering, on illness, even death. The Bible is clear that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. How do we apply this in our lives? What does it mean on a day-to-day basis? And a key verse that sums what it means to live this radical life, I find, is Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Present your bodies 
as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Living sacrifices, making that daily choice to say yes to God's leading and direction in our lives. Saying no to our fleshly desires, a joy, daily choice to live each day as God directs us. That radical Christian life that we've talked about often comes not as major decisions to give it all up and go on pilgrimage or whatever, but comes as many daily small decisions to choose Jesus. The Bible talks about picking up our cross daily as we do that. It's what radical looks like, knowing that we're led by the Spirit of God every moment, every decision. This is a radical Christian life, but it's also the life that Watchman Nee called the normal Christian life. This is what it needs to look like for each of us. The Bible is very clear that the Holy Spirit dwells inside each of us who started that relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit will lead us, direct us, whisper in our ear when we need him. The key focus for us is to be listening to his voice and then giving space for him to direct us. Galatians 5 says, Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I had a lovely experience over the last few weeks with a lady who um, felt prompted by God, came up to the Hastings Centre and uh, gave her life to Jesus. She became a Christian a few weeks ago and each week as we've seen her and seen how's it going and encouraged her, there have been stories of the way that the Holy Spirit is prompting her, that her desires are changing, that she's not responding to provocations in the way that she did before. Actually, her appetites are changing for um, things that previously would have been very difficult. She's turning away from them. It's great to see how God is changing her inner desires. And that's the spirit of God at work. I think the danger for those of us who've been Christians for a while is that we can start to ignore the spirit's leading, blank him out, that part, that's part of you being lukewarm, really, just no longer having that eagerness to hear the Spirit's voice in our life. Because actually, he's ready to lead us in every area. Helping us to work out how we prioritise our, our time. How much TV do we watch? Do we give time to prayer? How do we choose between time with God or maybe that relaxing with that computer game? Holy Spirit will lead us as we look on the internet and we see those sites that they're so good at just bringing up onto our browser and drawing us to. No, we need to be able to turn away from those things with the Spirit's help. Holy Spirit helps us in our relationships, helping me to love my wife, to resist other temptations. Holy Spirit helps me what to do with my money. Does God have the first call? How's your tithing going? What do you do with the excess? As we've said, it's easy to think it's all about the decisions, the big decisions that we make in life. And I guess for any of us, there may be 
dozen or so that we make as we go through. Do we get married? Do we have kids? What job do I do? Where am I going to live? Those sorts of things. But actually the precedent for those big decisions is made in the small decisions that we make moment by moment, day by day, listening to the Spirit's voice, hearing his prompting, choosing not to follow the ways of the world, but to follow God's leading. This is our spiritual worship. It's as we do this, we de declare how much God means or is worth to us. It's not a begrudging, oh, I can't do this because I'm a Christian. No, I'm a child of the King. I gladly sacrifice those things that give only fleeting pleasure for the joy of eternal rewards with Christ. There's glory that goes to God as we make those choices, as we show to the world what God is doing in our lives, as we declare all that God has done for us. And as we turn away from those things that don't please him, his promise is not that our lives are poorer, but that putting him first is the key to life in all its abundance, the route to life and joy and peace. This is our act of worship as we show transformed lives, delighting in our God. So to conclude, God calls us to a radical faith with all that we are and all that we do given to him. He's glorified as we show the fruit of lives transformed by him. There's an ongoing challenge to maintain our first love, to avoid becoming lukewarm or half-hearted in our attitudes to God. We each need to resolve to live listening to the Spirit's voice, responding to him, allowing him to lead us. And as those living sacrifices with every area of our lives submitted to God, showing his glory to all those we meet, this is the route, this is the way to life in all its fullness and abundance. This is the route to God's blessing. I pray that we will all choose that route, moment by moment, day by day. Let's just pray. Our Father God, we thank you for that radical call upon, that you put upon our lives. Lord, to turn away from all that the world would offer to follow you, Jesus. We thank you that it is that pearl of great price, Lord, worth all that we can, can give to you. And Lord, as we seek to live lives that glorify you, we pray that you will help us. Give us the strength to be holy in all that we do, to delight ourselves in your calling your presence all that you would lead us into help us lord to have attitudes and uh, desires that don't want those things of the world that would distract us from you we want to live lives that are radical for you lord jesus day by day by day moment by moment lives that glorify you in all that we are amen